When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Julia Hart has become a very familiar name. She's CEO, co-owner, chief creative officer of Elite World Group, which is a talent media agency, and I'm going to let Julia fill you in with all that. She was the creative director of the Italian luxury brand, La Perla. And she started her career a little later than a lot of young women with her shoe collection. And many of us watch Julia on the Netflix doc, My Unorthodox Life. Her book, Brazen, is being talked about everywhere. And she's really a fascinating woman. So you've come a long way from when you first introduced us uh, to your life, Julia. And now that your book is out, you've done all kinds of things. How do you feel about you? Do you feel that you've really found you and you're in a good place now? Uh, Thank you, first of all, for such a lovely introduction. I'd like to come on this show every day. (laughs) Good, come on and visit. Uh, That was very kind of you. You know, I always consider myself a work in progress. Uh, And I think, you know, I'm just getting started. I've just been working for the last nine years. So I've got big plans and, you know, I have a mission in my head. And until I accomplish that mission, I'm not patting myself on the back or, you know, looking at what I've accomplished because I still have a very long road ahead to go. But, you know, I I read your book, and we've watched you. You've done a lot of media, and your story, how you were 40, 42 years old, everything changed in your life. You you were really self-made. You did this by sheer will. (laughs) Exactly. Very, yes, that's pretty much it. I had no education. I didn't know anyone. You know, I had no background. I didn't know anything about fashion or PR or marketing. And I think, in a way, my lack of understanding of how crazy what I was doing was helped me because, in my mind, I had just time traveled several hundred years and still survived that. So at that point, I said, okay, well, if I can time travel, I can start a shoe brand. I can go for my dreams. And so... I just did. But, uh, Julia, when you decided that you were going to go get another life, you still had a foot in each world. You have your children. You were still married. And was your husband really aware that this was happening? And he actually was unusual, too, because even though it was an arranged marriage, it was from the same community— he went to the Wharton School. That was almost unheard of in your community. 
Well, she's, he's a Baal Tshuva, meaning he grew up irreligious as well. So uh-huh. he went to Wharton because he grew up not religious. He became religious by the same group of people that made my parents religious by the Lubavitch. Uh, my parents were made religious by the Lubavitch in Austin, Texas. He was made religious by the Lubavitch at Wharton School of Business. So it's actually the same sect that, uh, you know, made my family more religious, made him more religious as well. So that's why he went to Wharton School. But I do agree with you that he's an extremely unusual person. And this is something many people don't know. Since the show has aired, he has left the community. Were you shocked by that? I was blown away. I could not believe it, to tell you the truth, because, I mean, you know, I left nine years ago and he stayed and uh although you know as i as you see from the show and it's even more so in real life we're really good friends he has been a tremendous support to me Uh, i never blamed him for what happened you know in our marriage because he was as much a victim as i was but now you know he left the community Um, He married a woman who has a college degree, does not cover her hair. He is still religious, but he's completely modern Orthodox. He's not fundamentalist at all. He's got televisions in his home, and he took off his black hat. And when uh, people gave him grief for coming on the show and supporting me, he defended me and said, this is my family. Even if we're not married, she is still a dear friend of mine, and I'm going to support her. So he truly is a very unusual and extraordinary man, and I am very grateful that that has been my experience because most people who leave my world lose their children. And right. Well, that's I, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I'm talking to Julia Har, star of the Netflix reality series My Unorthodox Life, and a new book called Brazen. So with you leaving, with your husband leaving the ultra-Orthodox more than that, what happened to those children who were brought up from birth in this community? So my daughter, Batsheva, my eldest, um, she is currently going through a divorce and she has a fantastic career. Um, she is um, a influencer on, you know, Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. She has done co-branding and designed for a bunch of brands. She just did a co-branding with a jewelry company. Uh, my daughter Miriam is about to graduate Stanford University. Wow. Um, yeah, she's in her last semester at Stanford, and in fact, she is the youngest person in Stanford history to give a class because when she was a freshman. She gave a class in augmented reality. And this is a girl who didn't own a computer before she was 13 years old. Wow. So um, that's Miriam at Stanford. And uh, my son Shlomo just graduated Columbia and is applying to law school. Uh, and my youngest, Aaron, is the only one still straddling both worlds. He is actually more religious than my husband. Oh, and where um, does he live? We, we um, co-parent, so he spends but, half the week here with me in my apartment and half the week with my ex-husband in Teaneck, New Jersey. Okay, so basically everyone is functioning on a good level. And you know, 
no matter how many times we hear it and read it. And certainly I couldn't put Brazen down because even though I had seen the TV series and everything else, you have to really be part of it and read it to understand it. But explain again, when you took all your courage and left the community, which is frightening. It's like being thrown in a country with a new language. No, it's, Tell, it's, it's really... Right? Ex explain. You know, so, have you ever seen... Do you remember that movie? Um, it's with Meg Ryan and uh, Hugh Jackman. He's like... Um, I can't remember what it's called. He travels in time. He's from the 1700s. And he falls through this wormhole in time. And he ends up in the 21st century... And he's in Manhattan, and he's a 17th century man. That's what it felt like. Mm. Walking out of my world, and that's how I, I speak about it. I speak about it as my world and this world, because it was time travel. I lived in the 1800s. I lived in a world where marriages were arranged, where women were under their father's rule until they went under their husband's rule, where they weren't allowed to live alone where they weren't allowed to study the very books by which their entire lives were governed, where they were told that because they were women, they were the stupider sex, and that their purpose in life was to have children and be obedient to their husbands. So I really grew up in a time that is very similar to what, you know, you see now on Downton Abbey or Bridgerton and any of these, minus the fancy dresses and the fabulous parties. So, you know, for me, it wasn't like going into a new country. It was going to Mars. It was time travel. And that sense of disorientation was tremendous. No one knew me. I didn't know a single human being. I'd never been to a bar. I'd never been on a date. I'd never been to a nightclub. I'd never written in an invoice. I knew nothing about the outside world. I knew nothing about modern culture. I had no, I mean, I was truly a time traveler. And so that feeling of being, from going from a very cohesive community to being so alone that not a single human being knows of your existence, it's an extremely jarring, shocking thing to do. And you did it. But explain the shoe story, because... There you were in your community. You love fashion. You always drew and did things like that. But as you said, it was for you. It was a private thing. No one in the outside world knew. So exactly. tell the shoe story, because no matter how many times we hear it, it's still <laughs> hard to believe. So basically, when I came out, you know, my dream had been to be a fashion designer for as long as I can remember dreaming which basically for someone like me in the world I lived in was like, you know, dreaming of not having to breathe on a Wednesday. I mean, it was a ludicrous dream, but it's something that I couldn't get out of my head. I mean, I drew and designed my entire life in the community without any education, without any background. So when I come out, I want to be a fashion designer. And so I meet this guy completely you know, by chance at a restaurant and uh, he owned a fashion company at the time. He was contemplating purchasing a fashion company. I tell him, oh, I want to design clothing and shoes. And lo and behold, he gives me that as an option. And now all of a sudden I'm designing shoes for this brand 
And then the teal falls through. And there's no brand anymore. And so now I'm left with all these beautiful shoe designs and no company to design it for. And so that's how Julia Hart Shoes was born. And I had all of these beautiful designs, beautiful shoes, but I had no idea how to manufacture them, how a shoe was made. Where I knew that shoes are from Italy. That's all I knew. And so I literally flew myself down to Italy, sat in, uh, you know, in all of these uh, companies and factories until I literally taught myself how to make shoes. And then I realized that wasn't enough. I wanted to make shoes that eradicated the concept of suffering for beauty. It wasn't sufficient to simply make beautiful shoes. The whole idea of women suffering for beauty, to me, is as archaic as the world I come from. And so then I determined that my shoes would not only look beautiful, but would feel beautiful. And so I created and um, got a patent pending this, what we called Cloud9 technology, which basically ergonomically redesigned the shoes so that the pressure points were evenly distributed across the entire foot, thereby alleviating the pain of the entire pressure of your body being on the ball of your foot. Um, and so those shoes that we created and designed, which were made with the most luxurious materials, within a year were being sold in 17 countries. And within two years, with the co-branding of La Perla, were being sold in over 127 points of sale. But initially, so, Julia, wait one minute, I'm talking to Julia Hart. Initially, where did the money come from? You had never really earned, you know, you had babysitting money. You had no money. <laughs> yes. So I did work uh, behind the scenes without anyone in my community knowing I did sell life insurance. That was my freedom money. So while I was Did you sell it to the community or outside the community? Completely outside the community. No one mm -hmm. in the community knew I was selling life insurance. And of course, I didn't know anyone outside of the community. So it was literally cold calling and, you know, word of mouth because I couldn't use any of the contacts and people I knew because I didn't want them to know I was selling life insurance. Mm -hmm. Not a single person in my community had any idea that that's something I was doing. Mm. So all this is going on, and you mentioned La Perla, which was an incredible, is an incredible brand. So how did you get involved in that? You've got your shoes, which again is a whole new language, raising money, dealing with people, knowing markets exactly. here and abroad. That's right. I mean, I was really so naive and so easily taken advantage of. People spotted the talent that I had and my hard work ethic and thought, okay, we can ride on this woman's coattails. And so, you know, there were a lot of charlatans uh, who took advantage of me in the beginning of my story. And even today, you know, as we see, I'm still learning and realizing that I'm too trusting and that, you know, I do the work and then someone else tries to swoop on in and take the credit. I mean, this is something I think women face very constantly, even in this world. Um, and so La Perla happened because I wanted to get my shoes into Hong Kong. Um, I thought the Asian market was a very, very powerful market. And it, you know, um, it really is one that is perfectly situated for luxury and for uniqueness. And so 
I met this guy in Hong Kong to try and convince him to help me get my shoes into stores in Asia. And he was, at the time, told me that he was sitting on the board of this lingerie brand called La Perla, and that La Perla was endeavoring to become a full fashion brand and had tried to be, you know, to sell shoes, but it wasn't successful. And so he thought that my shoes, because not only were they incredibly beautiful, but they were so comfortable, he thought that my shoes with lingerie would work very well. And so... I designed a collection for La Perla. I showed it to the creative director at the time and the merchandising team and the owner. They loved it. And in April of 2015, two years after I walked out the door, I had a co-branding Julia Hart shoes with La Perla. And that transformed into, Julia, can you design handbags? Julia, can you design clothing? Julia, can you design lingerie? And so... Within one year, I became creative director of the entire brand. Wow. And co-owner and former CEO of Elite, which is the world group, and many other things. And at that point, you ended up marrying the guy who was the head of La Perla. Correct. And now divorcing the guy who was the head of La Perla. I mean, your life has, it's, it's spinning. It's so fast. It's constantly what? changing. And look, I'm still in the same place that I was back then, but in a very different sense, meaning back then I had to fight for freedom alone. I had to fight for recognition alone. Today, what I've accomplished, the EWG has been shown all over the world. There have been newspaper articles, television interviews, the entire My Unorthodox Life is about, about the change that I've brought to the industry. So, you know, to be in the position where a man, again, is trying to denigrate me, take away everything that I've worked for, um, is not new to me. But I think the difference here is that now I have people. I'm not a zero anymore. You know, I have a voice, and that voice will never be silenced. And, you know, uh, I will fight until the day that I'm vindicated, like I have done since I've walked out that door. So you know, it's not when the it first time I've been taken advantage of, and I'm sure it's not going to be the last time. And I think many women have been in my situation. Many women have been through divorces where, you know, the the spouse uh, is seen to be more powerful, or you know, you know. Although in this case, of course, Sylvia is no longer a billionaire by any stretch of the imagination, but that is the perception. And I think in this country, we worship that. So I think women, we all have to, you know, stand together, support each other, and realize that we still have a long way to go for women to be taken as seriously as men and for men uh, to, you know, not steal our, uh, the work of our own hands. So I'm talking to, to Julia me, Hart. part of my freedom journey. <laughs> okay, well, and it's a long journey. So work-wise, what are you doing these days? So, you know, I have um, my shapewear brand that is coming to stores near you in uh, the holiday season of this year. It's the first of its kind. It's the only non-shapewear-looking shapewear. You, I mean, it's really an extraordinary product. We altered the way that color is put into material. So for the first time, shapewear isn't beige, white, or black. It's colorful. It's sexy. 
it's got designs on it and patterns. You'd never know it was shapewear. Um, and we were able to do that because we, the problem with shapewear is that when you stretch it, you get those nasty white lines. And that's why uh-huh. it's always beige, white, and black. We literally fuse the color into the material so it becomes like Elastigirl. No matter how hard you stretch it, you never see those lines. And so we've created a shapewear that you could wear in, you could wear out, you could wear it under a jacket, you could wear it as a dress. Um, so that will be coming to uh, a whole bunch of stores, I think, at Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's and Dillard's and a, a whole bunch of stores in, in well, uh, December sounds, of this sounds year. It sounds great. So that's really exciting. And, of course, I am embroiled in several lawsuits to because, you know, I was illegally fired from the company that mm. I have brought into a billion-dollar valuation in three years. So, of course, I have not in any way, shape, or form given that up. Um, I'm very proud of what we at EWG accomplished in the last three years through the most difficult time period of COVID. And we have grown and, and created incredible opportunities for our talent. So- and so I'm still fighting that battle as well as everything else. So you've got a lot on your plate. And during all yeah. this, because the transition initially was so fast and took on a life of its own, how yeah. is your head? I mean, how do you deal with this? People with little tiny changes are yeah. falling I mean, apart. COVID felt, made people depressed and yeah. having all kinds of mental issues. So how yeah. did you hold Julia Hart together? Um, you know, with my family and my friends, that's really the truth. This time, I'm not fighting for my freedom alone. And it's really been a tremendous source of, you know, strength and inspiration, not to mention all the people from the company who call me every day and right, who are there ask for me you. how, who are there for me. So there's just so many people helping me and supporting me. Uh, against their own self-interest. Let's be honest, it's pretty dangerous to be my friend sometimes. So um, those people have kept me going. And, you know, again, I just tell myself, look, think about the suffragettes. They weren't just belittled or accused of wrongdoing uh, or their names dragged through the mud. Those women who demanded freedom and equality and asked for the right to vote, they were imprisoned. They were put into jail. People who ask for change and are always, you know, are always lightning rods of controversy. It's a lonely road I have chosen. I know that very well. So I've got to just stay strong, remind myself of my purpose and keep on going and just keep going. It's one foot in front of the other. Is it easy? No. Is it painful? Of course it is. But it's part of my journey. And if I can't be strong enough to keep fighting, then how can I expect others to do so? So I just have to keep going, one foot in front of the other. I wish you all the best, Julia Hart. The book, Brazen, available wherever books are sold. And we'll catch up with you in a couple of months and find out what the latest adventure is. Take care of yourself. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for having me on. Take okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm Joan Hamburg. You're listening to WABC.